Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of Ready, Set, DR. Today, I'm lucky enough and very fortunate to have someone I call my real estate father, my very first mentor in the business, a car connoisseur, and my good friend, Jerry Crenshaw. Good morning, Dorian. Thanks for having me on. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. It's it's early uh, Wednesday morning, and uh, even though this your podcast is usually broadcasted when? Well, we're going to usually do it on Saturdays. Saturdays we're, is your day? Yeah, we let everyone just kind of listen to it um, because it, it's good to be out there. And, and I think on weekends, people have a little bit more time while they're cleaning the house or while they're on their run. They can listen to us. I agree. So, I Jerry, agree. we met in a very odd way, but in a very good way. We met randomly, and that was what? Three years ago or four years ago? Um, four years. Going on four years now. Four years already. Yeah. So you've obviously made a huge difference in my life, in business as well as personal. So tell me, how'd you get into real estate? For people that don't know, real, Jerry's a real estate broker, um, and he has his own team, the real estate sales team. I think that's what it's called now. Did you change it? <laughs> no, it's a real estate sales group. There you go. And it's not really a team. I'm the only real licensed agent in the team. Yeah, but you got people and, around you. Yeah, I've got I've got a team behind me supporting me yes so how did it all start how did you become a real estate broker uh, I became a real estate agent uh, about I guess 13 years ago and uh, prior to that I was doing a lot of buying and flipping and a, a broker that I was dealing with actually uh, suggested that uh, I get licensed because I kept uh, reaching out to him in terms of looking for properties that I can buy and flip I guess he got tired of the fact that I'd be calling him almost every day looking for the next project. So he suggested, get licensed and you can do your own searches. But little did he know that I was going to take off and go on my own. <laughs> and I'd never give him any more business after that. He probably regrets that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I still talk to him today. So if you before that, you were in construction. <clears throat> um, you had your own construction company at that point. I did. And how did that get started? Did you start at a young age or were you brought up in the business? Brought up in the business. My father was a carpenter. Uh, I went off and became a plumber by trade and, and then opened up a plumbing company that quickly became a construction company. Got it. And this is back in the uh, early 90s. Oh, amazing. And then you, obviously when you when you started that, your real estate business just started taking off. Yeah. Was, it, was a, it, was, it was basically keeping guys busy buying and flipping property. So when I was a little on the slower side or in between trades, I'd, I'd send trades to the projects that I had going. Was it a gradual switch from yes. from that to a real estate broker or did you just as soon as you started getting licensed you kind of put yourself out there and trying to find new clients or you just focus on your own business? within within a year of being licensed i resigned from um uh, it was called the medical construction group we, we we were specializing in hospitals and private clinics so we're doing commercial work and uh, i resigned as uh from president of the company um and just became a full-time agent right from then Obviously, you enjoy it. You have a you work crazy hours, and you're super good at it. So, is sales come natural to you? Is that something that you're, I guess, meant to do? I think so. I don't know. I I can't really define it as sales, and I guess I don't think you can either. It's more a lot along the lines of communicating with people and having a good time talking to different people. And obviously, there's a connection there. There's a there's a reason why you're speaking to a, a specific individual that's reaching out to you to help them find a place or, or sell their home uh, or their business or their building, whatever. Um, you kind of just develop relationships. I mean, it's more along the lines of just kind of connecting with people. And in the end, you're getting deals done and getting paid for it. Well, yeah, I think that's the most important factor. I think people often think we're only looking for 
a paycheck. Yes. Uh, but the reality is we actually genuinely care about the people we're working with. And that's why I think, and I, I know your business very well, 99% is probably referral based. Yes. And that's because you do such an amazing job providing them that service. Mm -hmm. So is that something you pride yourself on is, um, or is there other ways that you, you prospect and look for, for other business? Um, no, it's, it's 99% uh, referral based um, and relationship based. Uh, and going back to the, the idea of, of, of only working because you're getting paid a commission, your um, buyer or seller will realize that you've got commission breath. Right. Yeah. I remember that? You remember that term? Yeah. Because everyone smells it on you. The minute right. you, you just look hungry, like you're ready just to. You're only there for a reason. Correct. Yeah. So the one thing that I admire from you is when I first started in the business, and I'm sure a lot of people are in, are starting fresh and a lot of listeners are, are newer or thinking about getting into the industry. You wake up in the morning, you don't have a single person telling you what to do. You kind of have to make up your own schedule, your own day. So the big thing I admire from you was you had a schedule. Like you wake up, you come to the office early, and from that you kind of plug away. Whether it's um, keep like looking back at your business that you did yesterday and, and doing paperwork or scheduling your day ahead. What like what tricks and what would you tell? I guess new new agents or new agents looking to get in the business to to start their day. So. Remember, I was in the construction industry, and, and those were early days. Mm -hmm. So, we getting up between five and six a.m. was a normal thing. So, I I just kept that routine. Still up between five and six every day. I may not leave, you know, at six thirty to be on a site at a certain time at seven between seven mm -hmm. and seven thirty. Uh, but I start uh, at home, and with regards to you know returning emails, going going through various things, my day, scheduling my day, and then get ready to come to the office. I'm usually at the office between eight and nine every day. I have a routine that I need to be at the office mm -hmm. uh, to work. I don't like to work from home. Um, with our uh, current situation with uh, the pandemic, Yeah, um, that lasted, working from home lasted about two weeks on shutdown, or shutdown uh, about a year ago, actually. Isn't yep. it almost, uh, it's, it's almost, almost one a full year. year. Yeah. So we were shut down for two weeks, I guess the month of March. Um, and when we became an essential service, uh, it was back to the office as of April 1st. Like I can't remember exactly the date, but we were like at the beginning of April, we were, we were rolling again. When you're, when you're obviously still working and still plugging away and still trying to find opportunities, are you also looking for yourself? I know that you own a property in the beaches. Mm -hmm. Are you looking for more in investments and, and why are you looking for, you know, duplexes, triplexes, et cetera? Um, that passive income is important for somebody like myself that uh, doesn't have a pension that we pay into. Um, really, that's our retirement uh, pension. Uh, you develop a portfolio of property, you collect rent, uh, uh, during the time that you own the property and owe money on the property like mortgages and it pays down those mortgages by the time you retire you hope that those those properties are mortgage free and and you're you're collecting clear rent you know clean rent which is your pension so i, I remember you started off selling multiplexes yes tell me more about that journey and, and how you made that transition from you were working downtown yeah. to now mm -hmm. i guess vaughn kleinberg the gta well, so going back to the time that I used to flip property, the reason why I started in multiplexes, mm -hmm. I was already in multiplexes. The properties that I only flipped were multi multiple units. They right. were triplexes or duplexes with basement apartments. Um, that's the only properties that I would purchase, renovate, and, and flip. 
And the reason being and why I chose those properties was it was back in the 90s, right? So back in the 90s, there were tough times. We were we were coming, uh, we were making our way back from a recession that happened in um, spring of 1990. Uh, in 97, we started seeing positive growth. So it was a good seven years of, of like tough years. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I figured I'd work on multi-units because if I ever got stuck with the property because we get dragged back into a recession, I'd be able to rent them out and carry the mortgage that was on the property, carry the, you know, the expenses. So even as at a, a younger age when you were, I guess, coming up in the industry, because although you had a company, you were still new to real estate in, in the sell, selling side. So you always thought that multiplexes were the way to go. And, and still today, I know you carry that same belief. Yeah, I do. I, although not not to say that that single family dwellings you're not making money in terms of if you're still doing flips people are still doing that mm-hmm. and there's a lot of money to be made in that um, single family dwellings have a tendency to make more of a margin than a multi unit um, because this, the resale of a multi unit will always be based on its cap rate which mm-hmm. is its return yep. on a single family dwelling. And it's based on location. It's based on demand of that location. It's based on the the luxury factor in terms of what caliber of the, the home uh, is being renovated to. Um, those are all factors that play with your return. Got it. Right. So you, um, on average, you make more money doing a flip on a single family dwelling versus a multi-unit. But in the long term for someone, for, for people like ourselves, where we are business owners, we don't have a pension obviously the multi-units would be a better investment for them. Yes, but those are retaining retaining those those investments, right? At this point in my life. And what would you At s- that time I was flipping them because I, I needed to make the money to of go course. to the next one, right? So what would you say is like a I guess let me actually this will be a multi-question. For Vaughn, what would be a good cap rate? And now for Toronto, what would be a cap rate? Because obviously in my maybe in just my opinion, I think the cap rates will vary. Yeah, uh, they do. So I would love your opinion on which one and, and I'm sure the listeners would as well. So when it comes to multi-units and, and income properties, mm-hmm. I really don't um, focus or or even spend any time on Vaughn. Um, there really are, aren't many duplexes mm-hmm. available in Vaughn, right? There are places that homes that have split up, split up into two units and they rent them out. Um, but the margins aren't there. Like the, the, the amount of return isn't there like in Toronto. Okay. Although over the last 12 months, a lot has changed in Toronto with regards to our rental rates. Yes. Uh, and cap rates are, are being are readjusting themselves on people's existing investments. Uh, we don't know where those chips are going to land at this point. But um, they, they're definitely, there are some changes happening. But I've always been a, a, a firm believer that uh, Toronto is a place to be for rentals. So what would you say is a strong cap rate? A strong cap rate a strong, in today's market yes. would say would be a five percent cap rate would be a strong expected cap rate in today's market, and those are far few and in between. I'm assuming. I'd say yes. Got it. At one time when I first started this business, we were looking at ten percent cap rates. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, wouldn't that go be nice to go back to that? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think we'll see those numbers ever again. Yeah, not in our lifetime. To be honest with you, um, but I know you made that transition from Toronto. To Vaughn, what was that like for your business as well as personally? Um, that transition was interesting because it actually took, I would say, two years. That transition from making X amount of dollars in Toronto and moving to Vaughn and my business moving, that transition took two, two about two years um, to come back to where I was in Toronto. 
in terms of income. Two full years. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a long time. It's, it's not easy to change place. Did you know, did you notice you had to really pitch your clients on, on why you were moving and, and how to get new business up here? Like how, how did you start the marketing? That's uh, an interesting question. That's yeah, actually, that's, that's I would funny love that. you asked that question. Um, because that, that's, um, how I approached it at the time was that uh, I actually marketed the fact that I was a Toronto agent and that I had strength as a, being a Toronto agent and, and, and a strong negotiator, especially on multiple offer deals, because it was a very normal thing at that time in that transition. I don't remember the year I actually moved. I have to say, hmm, I'd have to say it's probably six years, seven years ago that I actually moved, uh, moved uh, to Vaughan. Uh, or the business to Vaughn, that is. Um, and the, um, that, that uh, I, I promoted myself as being a Toronto agent and being able to have that, that those skills to negotiate uh, more money for, for your home. So on, on that topic, negotiating I, skills in general when it comes to real estate as well as business, what skills do you think any good entrepreneur and any good realtor should have in order to help their clients as much as possible? And for them to grow their business, uh, care about what you do. Just passion. Yeah, you either, you have to care about what you do. If you don't care about it, uh, or if you you don't have passion in what you do, you really should be doing something else. It's so true. Like I woke up this morning, I don't even know what time it was. It was probably like five ten. Mm -hmm. I got so excited to come up here and see you. Maybe because you're my real estate father, but other than that, I was super excited to see you and, and start the day because I'm sure, just like yourself, we're back to back almost every day mm -hmm. until about seven or eight at night. Um, but it's weird because I never actually feel like I'm working. And I know that you touched on this. So do you ever feel that there's a break in your business or like you're just relaxing or it just doesn't exist? There are times where I kind of feel like I'm at the, at uh, like I'm burnt out. Let's mm -hmm. say not so much burnt out, but I'm tired and I need some time to myself. And I do have, a, a, I do try to take time to myself, even if it's a half a day on a Saturday or try to hide on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll avoid my phone for, you know, for a day if I, if I have to, uh, not to say that if somebody calls me and the person that's calling me is an important client, of course, of course. I always, always answer the phone. Even if I'm on vacation, I do. But, um, if, if it's an unknown number, I'll let it go to messages and return the, the message later that day. Okay. So you, you return the call that is, I noticed you day. have a nice, a nice balance. Right. Um, you work a lot, like an extreme amount. And I think, norm, what, 16 hour days, probably 17 hour days, if not north. Start to finish. Yeah. It's not in the office for, of those, course. Days, for those hours, but uh, the from start to finish, it's my my hours of being awake is revolves around my career. And obviously doing that, it's it's crazy because your schedule is always packed, always busy. But what do you do for for Jerry? What does Jerry do for Jerry in order to just unwind, relax, maybe get, get his mind off something else. Um, recently purchased a, uh, a car for the track and I do track days. Cars. Let's talk more about that. Cause I know you're an absolute car nut. I am. I wish I had a, a bigger collection though. I wish I had, a, I, I wish I had the money to buy like a V collection, but I guess that comes in time. But yes, I, I do have a few. Talk to me about cars. How did you get your, your love for, for cars? Where did it start? And are you handy? Can you start doing anything with the car? Like, I don't even know the terminology because I'm so not handy when it comes to cars. So I'll let you take this one. Not at all. I'm not a grease monkey or call it a grease monkey. I'm not a, a, a handy person when it comes to fixing my own vehicle, my own car. Uh, I can deal with mechanical things like, uh, you know, changing a, a 
light like a fixture or or changing a certain mechanical part in a car um but when it comes to like motor work and transmission work now i just give it to the professionals so your actual son loves cars yes was is that just something that you've always i guess taught like showed him to be around or you taught him about cars or you pointed them out to him so yeah that's so you're referring to jonathan my oldest son. yes your oldest son um your younger son by the way is an amazing at guitar just wanted to put that on there andrew's phenomenal yeah, yeah, that came naturally for him. Yeah, no, no, he's yeah, super he's, good. He taught himself. Yes, he did. That's crazy. Yeah, he did. Um, with Jonathan, uh, with the love for cars came from a very young age. I had him racing go-karts. Well, not racing. I had a go-kart built to his size at the age of six and then started training him on the track. Oh, that's exciting. So the love for cars stems from me. And uh, he's uh, actually very good. He, he, too, also tracks. And uh, he does very, very well. It's, it's not. It comes natural to him. I think that's important. I think when you enjoy what you do, whether you're making money, whether you're doing it for fun, if you enjoy it, you'll keep doing it. So for me, it's golf. Remember when I first started golf probably four years ago, mm -hmm. I had the hardest time in the world, but now I'm golfing, I don't even know, three times a week in the summer, if, if I can, if not four, you get better progressively. I, and I think that's like business in general. The more and more you work at it, the more and more you, you take it seriously, I think you become better. And then you start saying different things you speak differently you act differently and i think that's very important in our industry yes it is and that's your that's your way out right that's your that's your dorian time right yes i love golf that's just my thing um i know another thing that you do that is is very important very valuable for the listeners is you do take vacations and you believe in vacations Absolutely. um so number one what are your favorite travel destinations and two would you recommend a newer agent, let's say in the first three years of his career to take vacations, or would you say just put your head down and work? Um, vacations. I like vacationing in Europe because I like the the culture and the history. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's really been in the last five years. Prior to that, I, I was vacationing down south like most people for a week at a time. I had to always make myself accessible uh, by phone and by, by internet. Um, I do that in Europe as well, but what I find in Europe is because of the time change, mm -hmm. um, I'm able to enjoy um, half my day to myself because of the time change at three o'clock in like specifically Italy, for example, six hours ahead um, at three o'clock in the afternoon, I'll get my first phone call. So by three o'clock in the afternoon, I've already done whatever I wanted to do that day yeah. or at the tail end of it. And I'm able to do business if I if I have to because I'm always I always make myself accessible. And uh, answering your question with regards to um, younger agents yes. or any agents new in the business, I I do believe that you need time to yourself and time to recharge. Mm -hmm. um, so I would I, I would say that it's important to vacation um, within limitations. I. I at this point in my life, we usually go away three, four times a year uh, to various destinations. You de you deserve it. You've worked many, many years of working hard and plugging away. I think you should enjoy it. Yeah, and this is something that I only started doing over the last four or five years. Prior to that, we would vacation once a year. Got it. I, I know for the first three years of my business, mm -hmm. didn't travel at, at all. I'm not a big travel guy anyways, uh, but I just found it was very important for me day in, day out to plug away. And even now... When I go away, I get a little bit of, I, I don't want to say anxiety because that's like a, a very strong term, but I would say I get a little anxious with regards to like, um, 
being being away and not being able to work and being in the office and sticking to my routine i'm very i get very uncomfortable with it so is is there like tricks that you recommend for for someone like myself who i get a little nervous on vacation because i'm like i should be working like what would you recommend um take your laptop with you and your tablet and phone pretty much it yeah if you believe in your that you're connected still to your work and your career uh even being in a different country then uh or even in the same country but out of town uh, then you are good. Um, there's nothing today that we can't do from afar, you know, other than show a property. Well, but yeah. we usually have, you know, somebody kind of back you up while you're away uh, to, to be able to show that property on, you know, on, on your behalf. Yeah, well, that's, and that's it. I think it, you have to have someone who you're comfortable with behind to show it because I, I don't know if you feel the same way. I feel like when I'm showing a property, I just do it my way and I really I think my clients really love the way I show a property mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's the same way with you like I know when you go to a property you like to highlight the details and because you have st- such a strong construction background you, you're able to show like okay these finishes are actually good they're high quality and it, the house is built well is that like one of your um, differentiators between agents yes yeah everybody's got strengths and weaknesses um... I'm more of a, a an analytical type of individual, mm-hmm. um, so I will walk into a property and look exactly at that, the structure of a, of a building, the finishes of a building, the level of quality. Not to say that it's not obvious to most people, but you could make something look decent when it's really not that great by, you know, cosmetically uh, fixing it. Let's put it that way. That's a, probably the best way to say a hack job yeah so i I will now that we're leading in that direction what would you say for a seller if they had one thing to change in their house to bring up house value what would you recommend doing before hitting the market hmm that's an interesting question because you could you could say that it may not be worth renovating your home to put go to market because you don't make that money back Mm -hmm. but certain parts of a home and depending where that home is located like for example the kitchen is an important room Mm -hmm. Uh, it's an important room to every individual and maybe updating the kitchen is 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 a uh, is a is an idea Uh, or even just painting the whole house and painting it uh, a neutral color uh, might be the bare minimum you really are my real estate father those are literally the two things i had in my mind that make the biggest difference in in a home because when you first walk in it's like dating yeah. First impressions are everything. If you show up looking like a slob or, or the house looks unorganized, doesn't look clean, your impression is like, eh, on to the next. Like, I'm out. Like, yeah. You're not into it. Mm-hmm. But you walk in, it's presentable, it's clean, everything looks, looks nice. Even if it's old and it has parquet flooring, if it looks clean and, and looks fresh, your mind almost plays a trick on you. Like, it's, it, it feels, I don't want to say younger, but um, not as old as it, as it normally is. So is that is that something that um, you run into a lot in our business where you have to give that advice and that that tricks to your your seller or do they kind of have an idea now that they can go on all these websites to see different homes? Um, I do make that recommendation in terms of doing various things or we will offer that service. We will actually depending on the home and I've been doing a lot more higher caliber homes Mm -hmm. like yourself. 
depending on the home, I would uh, actually go in and, and do those changes, make certain changes, minor changes, not like I'm not coming into a you know kitchen reno, but uh, in terms of painting cabinets, for example, because you know they were painted cabinets to begin with mm -hmm. and changing handles, we will sometimes uh, include that in within our within our fee. Because uh, you know it's we're, we're able to do offer that we're able to offer that service, and it kind of kind of puts you in, in, a, in a like a leading edge in terms yep. of the the industry and, and, and being a an, a real estate agent. If you're able to provide additional services that are inclusive to your fees, it just makes you stand out a little bit further. I, I think so as well. I, in our industry, and, and I'm sure in every different type of industry, there's a lot of competition now. Mm -hmm. There is no matter what industry you're in, whether you're a hairdresser, whether you're a banker, there's so much competition out there. So it's very hard to separate yourself from other people. So I know for you, having that construction background is is huge because a lot of your clients have that trust in you. Mm -hmm. For me, it's it's just market knowledge. Like mm -hmm. I know the product inside and out, and I know the area very well because this is all I do. Right. And I think that's very important for for sellers and buyers that they have both of our different perspectives but it ends up with the same result which is the highest quality um sale or, or buy that you could possibly have right like like there are different agents that have different strengths or mm -hmm. different buyers or sellers that uh that have different interests exactly right? so they'll gravitate uh to that that connection to an agent that they are interested in right what's important to mm -hmm. them you know I get a lot of analytical type individuals, so it's right up it's, your alley. It's very calculated, right? Well, now now that we're talking about kitchens, I know you love to cook, Jerry. Tell me more about that passion. I would change that subject now. I oh, I love food. I'm getting hungry. It's early morning. Okay, I enjoy on my on my personal time uh, to cook, and I, I kind of cook in an old way. I have an old wood burning oven uh, outside in my in my rear yard that uh, I'll spend hours preparing a meal. Yeah, like you, it'll, like, it's delicious. I remember all those all those dinners pre-COVID. Yes. The minute COVID's done, count, count me there for sure. Absolutely. Uh, so besides cooking, is there anything else that you would rec that you personally do um, that you enjoy that just takes your mind off things? Uh, no, that's pretty well it. That's I've got it covered. Between vacations, cars, and cooking, uh, I think that's it. That's yeah, pretty that's much all of your well, loves. Well. Let's aside from the fact that all that includes my family. Right? Of course, my of course, of my course. My family's included in all that. Amazing. And and your extended family, which is me. Exactly. Uh, Jerry, number one, I just want to thank you for being on the podcast. But before before we end it, what's one piece of advice you'd give any entrepreneur or real estate agent out there, as well as what would you, what's that one thing you would tell a younger Jerry or you would change about younger Jerry? The one thing. Hmm. I, you know, that's interesting because it's, I, I, I don't know if there is a one thing uh, other than the fact uh, to make sure that you're available, make sure you're there, make sure you're dedicated to what you're doing. I think that would probably be the, the number one thing. And if you're not, then maybe the field may not be for you. This career may not be for you, or maybe a different part of this career could be, you know, is more interesting to you. Like maybe the commercial side of mm -hmm. it, um, but you, you need to be present. And one of the biggest things that uh, that we all talk about, at least active agents, is accountability. We use each other to be accountable. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why you and I talk every day. We do pretty much talk every day. Right. So, I like bugging you. It's fun. Yeah, but we hold each other accountable because I'm looking forward to that call, and so are you. And uh, we're we're ready to we're ready for that call, and we're usually in work mode. Exactly. Well, Jerry, 
I appreciate your time. I know you're a TikTok star now and you're on Instagram. So where can they find you? What's your, what's your username? It's just my name. Jerry Carinci. That's it. All right, guys. Jerry, thank you so much. I love you. And guys, we will see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening. Thanks for having me. No problem.